The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is recorded by Matthew. It is chapter 13, verses 24 through 30 and then verses 36 through 43, and can be found on page 1518 in your pew Bible. Matthew records, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seeds in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came, and he sowed weeds among the wheat, and he went away. And when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. And the owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seeds in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. And the servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I will tell the harvesters to first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn." And then he left the crowd, and he went into the house, and his disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. And he answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. And as the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So the parable in today's gospel is commonly called the parable of the weeds and the wheat, or the parable of the wheat and the tares. The 
earthly side of this parable is based on a really nasty way to attack or take revenge on an enemy. It was a technique that was reserved for only the most hated enemy. You see, there is a plant that looks like wheat. It grows like wheat. It competes with wheat for the resources, yet it's not wheat. Various translations of the Bible refer to this fake wheat as tares or darnel, darnel or weeds or even thistles. And here in the United States, some people refer to this plant as darnel rye. The point is that most people can't tell the difference between this plant and real wheat. That is, until the seeds begin to ripen. You can see that sowing this plant in an enemy's wheat field would be devastating. This false wheat would compete for the wheat for moisture, for nutrients, for sunlight, for, for everything. Yet the enemy would not discover the damage until it was too late. And by the time that the seeds were mature and enough, when they were mature enough to tell the difference, the wheat yield would be reduced greatly. And to make matters worse, Darnell roots intertwine themselves around the roots of the neighboring plants. Thus, this false wheat would so integrate itself with the wheat that by the time anyone discovered the difference, you could not remove these weeds without uprooting the real wheat. And the only choice left was to allow the plants to mature side by side and then separate them at the harvest time. And I guess you could say that this was a very early form of biological warfare. The earthly side of this parable deals with the landowner's response to just such an attack, the, the spiritual side of the parable. Jesus began his explanation of the spiritual meaning of this parable by comparing the wheat field to his church when he said, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man, the field is the world, and the good seed is the children of the kingdom. You know, Jesus often talked of himself as the son of man. So Jesus is talking about himself as the one who sowed the good seed. And, and he did say that the field is the entire world. And therefore, whatever Jesus is doing in this parable crosses all borders and transcends all cultures. The children of the kingdom are those who believe that Jesus is their Savior, which is another way of saying the Holy Christian Church. And with these words, Jesus states that he will establish his church throughout the entire world. And as you have heard me say, the salvation that Jesus earned for us with his suffering and death on the cross is for all people, 
in all places and in all times. This has been pretty good news so far. But nothing in this sinful world remains untouched by sin. Jesus continued where he says, The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. And here Jesus tells us that the devil sends his agents to infiltrate the earthly institutions of the church. Just as Darnell Rye looks, acts, and grows like weak, so these unbelievers, they look like Christians. They act like Christians, but they are not Christians. They are hypocrites. And in this parable, Jesus tells us that every church, every church has hypocrites who are sons of the devil. And even when Jesus himself was the visible pastor of a congregation, there were hypocrites. Think about it. When Jesus sent his disciples out to do mission work among the lost sheep of Israel, Judas, Iscariot was one of those disciples. He cast out demons. He preached the word of the kingdom of God. He even held the office of treasurer. That is how much the other disciples trusted him. They did not realize that he was a weed in the wheat field until after he betrayed Jesus in Gethsemane. The early church had its weeds. The Apostle Paul wanted to take the gospel to the Gentiles, and a group of weeds followed him everywhere that he went. They infiltrated the congregations that the Holy Spirit established through Paul, and they tried to teach that a person must fulfill the ceremonial law of the Jews before they could become a Christian. And when I read and when I study the parable of the wheat and the tares, I must come to the conclusion, this is a conclusion, that I don't like at all. I must come to the conclusion that makes me sad. I wish there was some other conclusion that I could reach. But I can't. And the truth is, this is Jesus' book, the Holy Bible. And these are Jesus' words. And they are true. The, ter the parable of the wheat and the tares tells us that there will be hypocrites in every congregation. And the sad and grievous conclusion that I must come to is that some of the people sitting here in this room right now, hearing my voice, are not Christians. You need to listen to this part very carefully, okay? I imagine... And I see, I'm trying not to look at anyone specifically. I imagine many of you are reacting the same way right now that the disciples did when Jesus said one of them was a betrayer. 
In Matthew 26, we read, in Matthew 26, 20 and 22, when it was evening, Jesus reclined at the table with the twelve, and as they were eating, he said, truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful, and they began to say to him and one another, is it I, Lord? Is it I? And many of you are thinking to yourself, does that pastor mean me? Well, listen carefully. We all, like the disciples, we all know that we have been hypocrites. Every one of us. As someone once said, saying that a church is, is full of hypocrites is just like saying that a hospital is full of sick people. Duh. So it's normal. It's natural for the true wheat to ask Jesus, Lord, are you talking about me? Now here's the good news. The good news is that Jesus died for all sinners. That includes hypocrites. Thank you, Jesus. That invites all hypocrites to come to him for healing. Where else can hypocrites go to receive healing? Where else can hypocrites go to get rid of their hypocrisy? This is the comfort that we receive from God's word. There we learn that Jesus suffered and died on the cross for all sins. While he was on the cross, he suffered such grievous punishment for our sins that he cried out, you know this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.15, he died for all. In 1 John 1, verse 7, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. First John verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 2, He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. There is no question that Jesus paid the penalty for every sin with his suffering and his death on the cross. There is no question that God the Father accepted that sacrifice as payment in full. For Jesus did not remain in the grave, but he rose from the dead. That means that the check cleared. And when it's finished, it means all sins were paid for. And Jesus offers forgiveness. He offers life and salvation to all people through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. And by creating faith in us, the Holy Spirit quietly goes about the miracle of converting fake wheat into the real thing. He converts the sons of the devil into sons of God. We've been given the power to be called the children of God through our baptism, through our faith. 
And Jesus ended his parable with the end of all things. He said, when the wheat matured, it was time for the harvest. He said, the harvest is the close of the age, and the reapers are angels. And just as weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so it will be at the close of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and they will throw them into the fiery furnace. And in that, pla that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For most of us, this day of judgment will come at our earthly death, but there will be some who live until the end of the world. In either case, those who refuse God's gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation will be gathered up and thrown into eternal fires of hell. And in that place, they will cry and they will grit their teeth in pain. Jesus also said, Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. And on that day of judgment, those who have the gift of faith that the Holy Spirit created in their heart will have the righteousness that Jesus earned for them on the cross. They will share in his glory, a glory that shines like the sun. And Jesus will share all things with them. His kingdom will be their kingdom, and even his Father will be their Father. You know, there's an old saying. It says, where God builds a church, the devil builds a chapel. Very often, the greatest damage to the church has been done by those who are members of the earthly institutions of the church, but who... It hasn't been done by the, it's, but, but, but by those who are not members of the Holy Christian Church of all believers. For example, the Crusades. There was nothing Christian about that. The Spanish Inquisition. There was nothing Christ-like in that. And we have several sin-led denominations that there's nothing Christ-like in them. These are extreme examples of what can happen when the fake wheat gains control. And the truth be told, this parable also teaches us that there will be a day when Jesus will send angels to remove the fake wheat and take the true wheat out of the sinful world unto himself in heaven. There, the true wheat that is, all those who believe, all of those who believe Jesus as Savior, well, we will live in joy forever. This is most certainly true. In the name of Jesus, amen.